Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Well, hello! Oh, Hi! Hey, how's it going? Here we are in yet another intro, Jenny. It's a big one. It truly is. And we can't be stopped. Uh, We will introduce every single freaking episode, whether you like it or not. (laughs) If you missed it, we are having our third annual prom in Brooklyn, New York, and we are making it a two night affair this time around on Friday, April 17th. We'll be doing a live taping of I Was Made to Love You. And on Saturday, April 18th, we will be dancing the night away, decked out in our prom and cosplay best to our favorite hits from the late 90s and live music by yours truly, plus special guests. Yes, we sold out of all of our VIP level tickets to our patrons. We also sold through the entire first round of the bundled tickets on Patreon in less than two hours, all those tickets went. So we added some more bundles for our patrons that are now no more. So the tickets that have been released today are for you the public, everyone. You can head on over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash prom for all of your ticketing needs. Those tickets are now being sold individually. So you can get one ticket for the taping. You can get one ticket for prom. Or if they are still there, you can get one ticket for each. Uh, But the bundles are no more. Those all went to our very, very hungry for prom patrons. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, for prom, we're going to be hosting both events at the Bell House, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous space in Brooklyn. And we are so excited um speaking of gorgeous things jenny mm, yes we have anya a, uh yes anya is gorgeous that is correct um but in addition to anya we have so many gorgeous new items in our store in our u.s store in anticipation yes, of the holidays yes, we have yes. two new shirts up today they're both designed by john allison weiss one is a sleepaway witch camp t-shirt Honestly, I think it might be my favorite t-shirt of all. Like, I think it might be my favorite t-shirt we've ever made. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And we're just really excited. So we put this Sleepaway Witch Camp t-shirt that, by the way, says in quotes underneath the uh, Sleepaway Witch Camp logo, move a vending machine. It's Pretty great. Every camp needs a motto. Oh, my God. Uh, And we put it up in two color combinations for you. There's a gray with black ink. There's a maroon with sort of like a orangey ink. Really cool stuff. We also have a freaking new sweatshirt. It's a crew neck sweatshirt by popular demand. It says, tis the season, whatever that means. Whatever that means. (laughs) It has a stick and faith's knife and snowflakes. It's gorgeous. It's so exciting. It really is. The season, whatever that means. People try to tell you it's crappy, but it's the opposite of crappy. (laughs) It's magnificent. We also have some really fun Smash the Demon Lizard patriarchy stuff, including a new limited edition Demon Lizard tee that is black with gold foil print. So festive. Also, for the Jennies of the world, Jennies (laughs) Unite, a beautiful green speckled diner mug. Ah! And also... Are you ready? A holiday ornament, a beautiful, shiny, green ball (laughs) featuring the Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy logo. It is so lovely to look upon, lovely to hold. 
If you break it, consider it sold. Hang it on the tree and party with me. Wow. This is a poem from your friend Jenny. I really, really, really hope that somebody out there sends us a photo where they're wearing their <laughs> Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy shirt, sipping their coffee out of a Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy mug while sitting by their tree decorated with their Smash the Demon Lizard Patriarchy bobble. Uh, <laughs> really, to really nail that image, I think they're going to have to buy like a hundred. Um, the tree, like decorate the whole tree. It needs to be tree. the only thing on the tree. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yes! Wow! That that'll be me. Actually, I'll be doing that. <laughs> so. Um, listen, one other new thing is coming your way in this episode because I'm not going to tell you what it's for. But Jenny, you made a new jingle for us this week, didn't you? It's my finest yeah. work. It's my greatest accomplishment. It truly uh, is. I, I think. put. All of my heart and all of my soul and all of my brain and all of my many, many dollar bills into it. <laughs> all my resources. Yes. Uh, for something I truly believe in. So just like get on into the episode in a few minutes and enjoy that. And this is a reminder that all of our jingles are available the moment that they release for our patrons that are at the $5 level or higher. They also get all the music um, that comes at the end of the episode when it releases. Um, a lot of the jingles you can also, if you're not a patron of ours, a lot of them you can go to the jingles page and some of them are available for purchase. So some of them, one of them, is available for free. The patriarchy jingle. Yeah, as as you so aptly put it on the page, hasn't it cost us all enough already? <laughs> I got jokes. <laughs> okay, so hard shift from economy to sec... Okay, hard shift <laughs> from that discussion to everyone's favorite... Uh, four category polling activity on a bi-weekly basis, the Sexual Tension Awards. Here are some results from the last episode out of my mind with a pathetic 4% of the vote. <laughs> in last place, we have Spike and the Doctor. Apparently, apparently Time Winter and James Marsters don't have the kind of chemistry <laughs> that you need to to uh, seriously get in the running for this, uh, this yeah. competition. Then, in a turn no one saw coming, in third place for probably the only time that this has happened, That's that they've true. been in uh, a nomination slot, Willow and Tara have just 13% of the vote. Yeah, I mean, era. you know, Tara needs to up her palm reading game. Maybe she could get some more percentage points. Oh, true, true. <laughs> uh, then in second place, uh, we have a pairing that I thought might do a little bit better than this with 17% of the vote. We've mm -hmm. got Spike and the Blood of the Slayer. Mm -hmm. I, then, I, I thought it would do good, but I knew that this one was going to take the cake. Well, yes. How could this not take the cake? The entree, the wine, and everything else, the <laughs> tablecloth, uh, the cat who, like, hangs out in the kitchen and chases mice. In first place, with a tidal wave of 66% of the vote, we have Spike and Dream Buffy. Only 3% away from 69%. What a oh, sad, sad story. Opportunity missed. <laughs> 
Well, those are your results uh, for episode four of season five, Sexual Attention Awards. Just a couple more quick things before we get into today's episode. Um, I want to let you know that in addition to those jingles I was talking about that you get on Patreon, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on. You all voted, and on December 21st, we will be doing a Buffy Watch, A Fool for Love, which is going to be a-, a lot of fun, I think, because it'll be after we do our live taping in San Francisco. So we're going to have like a lot to discuss and unpack. Oh, yes. However, um, I put Scream 2 on the list because I desperately wanted to watch it with all of you, and it almost won. So I've convinced Jenny to do another <laughs> Buffy watch on January 11th. Like the yeah. most Kristen move of all time. I was like, but I want to... <laughs> Um, oh, Jenny was thing? like, I want to watch. And you're like, it's not enough for me to just watch it by myself or with friends or no. with my cats. Everyone must watch it. We must enjoy it together. We must commune. Yes, it was around important. the sacred altar of Scream Two. <laughs> <laughs> so January 11th, we'll be watching Scream Two, and then Jenny, you're going to be do- doing something fun on the 22nd of February, aren't you? That's right. It's time for another Jenny Owen Young sings the Buffering the Vampire Slayer songbook in usually the key of beautiful C major, but occasionally some other <laughs> not too far away from the key of C major keys. Live, a very special eve. I'm trying to try and run out of concert, uh, concert related um, <laughs> lingo. And I don't even know if I finished the thought, but basically I'm playing a streaming concert for our beautiful patrons. I'll be playing some Buffering the Vampire Slayer songs. It's going to be a hoot. It's going to be a holler. Uh, please join me February 22nd. Yes, that's two, 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 zero. <laughs> yeah, actually, the dates for our, all those things are kind of weird. 12, 21, 1, 11, and 2, 22. It's like almost a bunch of ones and zeros. Are we resurrecting Adam with these three live streaming events? That's my Mommy. question. <laughs> um, and if you're wondering how you can join in on all of this, plus the holiday gift exchange that is happening oh right now. Oh my God. That's right. Jenny and I get in on it too. Somebody gets matched with Jenny. Somebody gets matched with me. Um, and all of our Scoobies who are in that Facebook group uh, and want to join and we all exchange gifts. It's so much freaking fun. So you Very can find sweet. out about all of this by going to bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Just click on Patreon. Um, all of the things we just talked about, except for the jingles, go to every level. So you can give it any level for those things. Um, the jingles and the music go to $5. And higher, also $10 level, you get 20% off merch and also a mailbag coming your way in literally two days. Ha. Okay. 20% off Christmas balls. That's 20% (laughs) off speckled (laughs) diner mugs. That's 20% off gold foil t-shirts. If I had a cane, like if I had like one of those like loopy canes, I would literally drag you off the stage right now. That would be a long ass, that would be a 3,000 mile long cane. <laughs> um, New York before, to LA. before I drag you off the stage, Jenny, uh, I want to say, I want to say two things. Um, one, we'll get to in a second. But the first is that Paste Magazine, just a few days ago, released a list of the top 30 podcasts, not of 2019, but of the decade and they named Buffering the Vampire Slayer as one of those 30 podcasts, the top of the decade. And I just wanted to, like, give a special thanks to Paste uh, and and maybe even more so than that, a special thanks to all of you, because quite literally, this is the reason why we're here and doing the work and we love our community. And it's just, like, amazing, right? Jenny and I were like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's totally bananas. It is mind-boggling. The brain 
reels upon the rod, as I always say. You're really going for it today in this intro, Jenny. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Jenny's voice from her like Ursula took from Ariel. Oh, because okay. it's time <laughs> for spooky news. Jenny, guess what I got for you today? Is it a story about some skeletons? Mm, it's not. It's about a bat, though a bat does have <gasps> a skeleton. <laughs> wow, I got so excited. I almost breathed my coffee into my lungs. A bat! A bat. So this bat. is a story from uh, May of this year. An 86-year-old man picked up his iPad. An 86-year-old bat. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that was that was an unfortunate lead-in. No, I don't think that can live that long unless they're Dracula. But uh, an 86-year-old man picked up his iPad. Jenny, he used his iPad for an hour, an entire hour. At about the hour mark, a fucking bat popped its fucking head out of the iPad case and bit him. <laughs> oh, my God. So... This happened in New Hampshire, and um, actually, the the guy got rabies, um, but he got treated for Holy it. He's okay. Shit. I know the bat's not okay, but the the guy is okay. <laughs> okay, he's gonna be okay. I didn't even know you could still get rabies. I thought that was done. yeah. So like, watch um, out. Damn. Apparently, bat. They have no idea how the bat got in the iPad. So <laughs> yeah, always check your iPad case. I'm also just trying to envision what the hell kind of iPad case. How big is this bat? We need more details. Okay, I'll try. I'll try to dig some more up for you, Jenny. Thank you. That in the meantime has been your spooky news. Also, okay, um, there's still a handful of tickets available for our San Francisco show on December 6th. The tickets are on our website. Uh, no bats allowed, unfortunately. <laughs> but if you're yeah. not a bat, please grab a ticket and come. It's true. Um, I just have a really tiny thing that I want to say. Uh, I have a sweatshirt up in my personal store. It says everyone is gay on it. And the reason I'm telling you this is because it is not a sweatshirt that I sell anymore. I just released it for the holidays. And today, November 13th, is the very last day that you can grab this sweatshirt until at least next year. But who knows when I'll bring it back. So if you want that, you can go to my store, kristinnoline.com. Just click on shop. Um, I'm in Hello Merch. So if you want to pick up all your holiday goods and throw the everyone is gay sweatshirt in the bin too, you can do that but literally today after today no more also holy shit it's a really big week for me if you don't mind my ep night shift is coming out on friday that's in two days if you're listening to this on the day it comes out holy uh, and shit you can still snag it via pre-order on my website at jennyowenyoungs.com i ship out the pre-orders directly they'll be up until that page will be up until the 15th and then after that you'll be able to get the ep and all of the associated goods, merch, illustrated lyric book, etc. over at, in my Hello Merch store. And if you order an EIG sweatshirt and a copy of my EP, you can combine the shipping. And isn't that nice? Wow. It'll be like a, a Russo Young's buffering family affair uh, in your shopping cart. Jenny. Yes. Um, 
Jenny, also, I just I just had this thought. Like, I would imagine that if people pre-order your EP in the next couple days before um, you are not shipping the orders anymore, the odds of them randomly getting a package that also contains a small business card with you dressed as a unicorn <laughs> is higher. Is that correct? Yes. Any and all pre-orders received and shipped by me between now, November 13th, and Friday, November 15th, will include a tiny business card of my unicorn photograph. You're welcome. It's not a big deal. I just surprised Jenny by sending her 100 business cards <laughs> that have no of her personal information on them whatsoever. It's yeah, just zero her. purpose of any kind other than just to spread the word about my unicorn onesie. Oh, so get on over there. We've given you a lot to do. Tis the season. And we know what that Tis. means, don't we? Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free. I'm Jenny Owen Youngs. And I am Kristen Russo. And this week we are talking about season five, episode five. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. <laughs> Except the title's just No Place Like Home. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by Jenny recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. And if you haven't yet started listening to our Angel podcast, Angel on Top, it's hosted by Brittany Ashley and Laura Zach, and you really should be listening to it, in my opinion. And in my opinion, No Place Like Home was written by Doug Petrie, directed by David Solomon, and originally aired on October 24th, 2000. This is the one where Buffy learns more about Dawn after she discovers a mysterious orb linked to a group of monks being pursued by an incredibly powerful force. That's Whoa. the IMDb description. This is the one where we learn that Dawn is the motherfucking key. Yes, we do. So right out of the gates, Jenny, I want to know why this one monk of the three does his hair by putting an actual bowl over his head and cutting it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? The blonde monk? I mean, it's, it's traditional monk styling. <laughs> uh, Got to keep the hair out of your eyes so you can, you know, genuflect and uh, intone. Sure, 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 uh, sure. In an unencumbered fashion. I want to know if the monks are subletting this place from... Angel, because there are candles everywhere. <laughs> well, well, candles make a lot more sense for monks than they do for, in, you know, insold or not sold vampires. Yeah, but like how many people in Sunnydale you think have a candle collection that big, oh. that extensive? <laughs> yeah, um, only one. I think Angel left them behind when he relocated. <laughs> uh, so the monks are like, what is this, two months ago? And they're um, forming the key. Um, right. You know, they're everybody on the set of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is getting ready for a new season two months ago. And two months ago, these monks were sitting in this room uh, <laughs> trying to protect their yes. key. Chanting intensifies while something bangs away at a barred door <laughs> during this little ceremony that they're doing. And then we cut 
to Buffy fighting a vampire as she does. Uh, we yeah, learned- it's, it's it was just Halloween in real life, and it's about to be Halloween in the like timeline of the just when this episode was airing. Buffy is definitely fighting a vampire who's trick or treating as Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> And she's wearing a fluffy, fluffy fur coat. She is. It's so fluffy. It's so unlike every other leather coat we've ever seen her in. So maybe she's yeah. a little festive for the season as well. Ooh. Um, we also learned that she always wanted piano lessons. One of her quips is, uh, you know, well, I always wanted piano lessons. And I just thought, well, that would be nice. You know, if some, if, if Joyce and, and husband, ex-husband of Joyce had given Buffy <laughs> some piano lessons, like, would have been. Well, she was so busy with ice skating. That's true. She did love those ice capades and the movies. Wow, she really does love ice skating, doesn't she? Yeah, it's a whole thing. And those lessons aren't cheap either, I imagine. It's true. And this is like, I know this is just a quip and I know I'm just having a good time with it, but it also kind (laughs) of ties into one of the bigger themes of the episode, which is um, that Dawn is getting, and, and the season really to date, that Dawn is getting all of these like fun bonding things with Joyce. She's getting to be a little kid. She's getting to enjoy stuff. Meanwhile, Buffy is, instead of playing her piano solo at the recital, she is killing vampires in an alleyway. Um, <laughs> she did not get the full childhood that she wished that she could have gotten. Right. If she right. had, perhaps she would have right. gone to the rave last night that was at this factory. Yes, but alas, the rave is is no longer here. Uh, That was a rave of yesterday. And this is an abandoned building of now. Yeah, so... Uh, And this this security guard uh, doesn't understand this generation of Buffy's and tells her, don't forget your glowing orb as she leaves. Did you ever go to a rave, Jenny? Oh my God, no. (laughs) I mean, I did. But No, I know, but like if you had asked me like, when I was a teenager, if I'd ever gone to a rave, I'd, I would have answered like, no. <laughs> um, what's no a one rave ever like? invited me to a rave. <laughs> I went to a rave, but it was just once. And I'm not sure like it, it, it was called a, it, it was a rave, but it doesn't seem as ravey as some of the raves I've heard about now. You know, like people who've also went to raves like regularly. I'm like, I don't I wasn't out until eight in the morning at my rave. So it feels like maybe I, I didn't really fully. You weren't ex- doing it right. Right. Exactly. I, it was one rave. It was my first one. I went. There were glow sticks and some other stuff. And I left at a reasonable, well. you know, two, three, four a.m. hour. They at least made the bare minimum. I did. I got to check it off on my list, you know? (laughs) So after she gets handed this glow ball, which we learn later in the episode is the Dagon Sphere, uh, not to be confused with the, I'm sorry, Jenny, but the Orb of fucking Thessala and the fucking Dagon Sphere, like you put those two orbs next to each other. First cousin glowing orbs. Uh, so we cut to the credits. So Jenny, something I know about you is that you are um, a big fan of breakfast food. You love to make pancakes. You love to make all manner of wonderful breakfasts. So I just, oh, yeah. I thought that this was a great looking French toast, but I feel like you're the one to really assess it. So I was so full of rage watching this scene that I oh, no. completely failed to take uh, a appropriate notice of the french toast and for that i am sorry no i mean uh, well we've opened another door why were you so full of rage just dawn dawn's making me crazy in this in this scene God, do you flowers, think flowers knocking over the vase 
write me a script uh, or whatever you want to call it. Write me something where Dawn is actually not Dawn. She's Bella. Um, and and the, the little sister of Buffy is actually Bella Swan. Oh, my God. She's so clumsy. She's so oh clumsy. She's just, she's just always dropping bases. vampires. Yo, I... Let's see if I can do this without spoiling. On Halloween, I went to see a live performance of a episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh-huh. And... There were, as you would expect, like a bunch of human beings playing the various characters. Uh-huh. But then when um but then when Dawn entered the stage, it was revealed that Dawn was just played by a plush hand puppet of a little girl. <laughs> which felt very satisfying and appropriate, and I yeah. wanted to let everybody know. So you're you're angry at Dawn. So angry. She all she did was knock over uh. a damn vase. Yeah, well, it's all she does all episode is knock shit over. Watch your elbows. Although, you know, I'm very clumsy. So maybe I'm just uh, projecting my own disappointment in myself onto Dawn. Well, Joyce comes in and Dawn does take credit for everything, basically. Oh, my God. And it makes me so mad. Just done. Um, But we learned that Joyce is having more headaches and also that she calls Dawn pumpkin belly. So... Oh, God. I don't really like that as a nickname, yeah, but I that's fine. That. It's not my nickname. Get it so. out of here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and this is, oh, you know, again, not to, we don't have to hit every one of these moments, but Buffy is like, did I have any nicknames when I was a kid? And Joyce is like, no, you were just Buffy. And then we learn that in the absence of Pat, Dawn has been going to book club. <laughs> I think Dawn and Joyce have a private book club. Yeah, no, I do too. I just like, couldn't what say book reading? club without Sweet saying Sweet Valley High. Pat. Is Joyce reading Sweet Valley High? Oh my God. Or maybe Dawn? Sweet Valley Twins. I think, oh I think that- Are um, they the younger ones? Yeah. What happens Sweet, in Sweet Valley? Yeah. Sweet Valley High was the, the like main one. And then Sweet Valley Twins, they were a little bit younger. Um, and I, I actually read a lot of Sweet Valley Twins- um, but I think that Dawn would be reading the twins and not the high. There was one where one of the twins got her period and I was fascinated with it. I was fascinated with any book that anyone got their period in because apparently nobody was telling me anything that I needed to know. <laughs> Just gathering information wherever you could find it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. That Sweet Valley Twins book. There's probably a Babysitter's Club that has a period in mm. it, but I, I don't actually don't remember that as much as oh my word. the other two. Anyway. Speaking of new beginnings. Oh, my God. Okay. So this next scene is, <laughs> I mean, it's one of the most epic scenes in the whole series, if you ask me personally. Do you agree with this, it's, Jenny? It's quite special. So if you don't know what we're talking about, it's the scene where Buffy enters the magic shop. It's grand opening day, and Giles is standing there in his wizard hat and his wizard cape. But I counted. Okay, so the scene the, the scene actually starts before this 6 minute and 41 second mark, but at 6 minutes and 41 seconds is when Buffy first sees Giles, okay? <laughs> it is silent from 6:41 to 6:55. It's 14 complete seconds of silence oh and my six God. cuts back and forth. Buffy's face then we see Giles for the first time. Then oh we see God. Buffy's face. And it does that six times. It is fucking hilarious. And incredible. whoever edited this shit deserves a standing ovation. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really something. <laughs> it's so special. And I mean, we can't go any further, I don't think, without playing Giles' jingle. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. 
younger you were real bad But now you're older you've got glasses That help you watch over us Thank you, Giles I don't, so, know, I don't know if he's quite a hot dad in his um, <laughs> wizard costume Say, but then he takes it off uh, so re- reverting back to regular hot dad form. Um, and you know, he's kind of, I think, stressing out a little bit, but trying to be cool on top, uh, on the surface, mm-hmm, uh, about the fact that there are no customers yet. Yeah. Do you think and, that he, um, do you think he did enough like signage outside? I mean, I feel like Giles is the kind of guy who probably focused so much on the detailia of like the store itself being perfect that perhaps he forgot to put up like grand opening balloons. Yeah. You know what I'm concerned about? He's a sole proprietor of this business and has no employees. He's just like, <laughs> hey, teens that I hang out with, come do free labor for me all day. Yeah, it is curious that he decided to hire no one. <laughs> Zero people. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I like when Buffy says you'll be making hand money hand over fist and then kind of puts her hand over her fist and tries to figure out, like, what is the origin Do you know? colloquialism? Do you know what the origin no, is? No, did you look it up? I did. I so I, I would like for you to guess first what the origin is of hand over fist. I always just picture it as like, oh, you're you're making so much money that you're like reaching and grabbing some. And then as you're pulling that money back with your fist, you're reaching your open hand towards some more money that you're then grabbing. And it just is like a cycle of grabbing money and... Uh, your hand, your open hand reaching for the money, passing over your fist, clutching the money you've already obtained. And then there's a little girl selling matches. <laughs> <laughs> and then she dies. And she has a penny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has two pennies, actually. Two. <laughs> and then there's three bears. <laughs> <laughs> and Little Red Riding Hood is there. Uh-huh. Um, so you're actually, I mean, your imagery is pretty spot on, but it has nautical origins, Jenny. It's, um, it, it originated from the speed at which you would pull the rope on a boat. So Hell yeah. same Ooh. gesture, right? That same thing that you were yep. saying, but instead of money, it was a rope. And it actually originated in the 1800s, meaning a steady pace. Like you would steadily kind of like hand over ah. fist um, right, or right, hand right. over hand. But then by the 1900s, that meaning uh, sort of changed to be fast, quickly, hand over fist. Right, so, right, 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 right. So right. yeah, so you were you were not far off. It's just that instead oh, of money, yes. it was a rope. <laughs> Isn't all money kind of a rope at the end of the day? <laughs> Great anyway, transition. Don't think too hard about that. <laughs> uh, I love, oh, so Buffy, just like quick aside, Buffy's like worried about Joyce and she tells Giles, whatever. I'm concerned, but I'm way more concerned about the fact that Willow dragged Riley down to the magic shop so that he could also see Giles yes. in his wizard cloak. <laughs> it's really cute. It's really cute. It's also like so amazing the opposite um, personalities we have in Willow and Buffy that like we just had this whole scene where Buffy was literally staring death daggers at his costume. Meanwhile, yeah. Willow is like more excited than she's been about anything else in her life. Also, why yeah. is she not bringing Tara? You know what I mean? Tara's the one who would love this fucking hat. I don't know. I think Riley's got space in his heart for Giles looking goofy. <laughs> That's true. Um, one quick thing before we uh, move forward with this scene. I know it's not like the pivotal scene in the, in the episode, but 
Dawn, so when Buffy comes in, Dawn like runs in after her and is like, you thought you could lose me, but you were wrong. And I'm just like, okay, hold up, back up for a second. <laughs> There's like one street in Sunnydale. Yeah. And what did Buffy do? Like, did Buffy leave with Dawn and then just like run as fast as she could, hoping Dawn I wouldn't mean, catch up? Anyway, it was yeah, a thing that I noted that I wanted to ask you about. Um, also, Dawn has a really hilarious moment where she's like, oh, there's all these talisman, talis dudes, talis guys. She's like trying talis to be. Fellas. Yeah. What's the plural of talisman? <laughs> talis. I think talis dudes is what I would vote for. Yeah, I'm feeling that. Then Buffy's like, yo, there's this fucking orb. Um, and Giles is like, it's got to be paranormal because it's so shiny, which I think is pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of the more uh, reasonable reasoning we've heard on the show up to this point. Right. And then Dawn opens her big mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> and she really blows it for Buffy when she's like... Yo, Buffy doesn't even want you to go on patrol. She says you can't do anything, basically. You're really cute and kitteny. And oh. Riley goes from being, like, embarrassed to, like, so embarrassed and has to leave the room because this is the worst. Uh, and Dawn's clueless. She has no idea that she's upset him. Yeah, I mean, and this is tough, but it, I feel like it's got to be extra irritating to get Delta Blow like this via Dawn. Yes. Ugh. Because also it's like not only do you know that your girlfriend is like talking about your weakness, but she's talking to her little sister who she doesn't even like about her we about your weakness. Or at least in front of your little sister. So Riley's like, yo, I got to get out of here. Is the danger room open? What? <laughs> danger room. It's like, uh, you know, let's actually look up the origin of that because I think it's just like, a oh, you know what it is? It's the X-Men. So oh. the X-Men uh, in uh, Charles Xavier's compound where he's educating young mutants and also running the X-Men, uh, they have something called the Danger Room, which is like sort of a combat training simulator that okay. can kind of just like come up with anything. Sentinels, oh. Magneto, so he's, he's talking so about train. He's talking about the training room, but he's being cool about it. Yes, I would say that by talking about the X-Men, he is being cool about it. <laughs> well, I mean, some might I say nerdy, genuinely but believe here. that. But I want to make I want to make it open uh, to other people to not feel like that. <laughs> um, yes, rock. Really quickly, I just want to pull out uh, some terminology here that I assume a lot of you already know uh, is pretty ableist um, and inappropriate that's said in this scene. Um, but just in case you don't, uh, Willow says, because so Willow is basically saying to Buffy, because Buffy's furious, as furious as Jenny as a Dawn, <laughs> Buffy is that mad. And Willow says, go easy on her. She's a spaz, just like me. Uh, you know, Willow, Willow is talking about how like, uh, like quirky and clumsy and what have you, but spaz is a word rooted in spastic. It's, uh, you know, a word that's rooted in disability. Um, and so it's not a great word. But in the 90s, guess what? We all said it. And a lot of people still say it now. So just in case you didn't know, that word is not cool. Yeah, that's a word you could stop saying if you yeah. uh, are saying it. <laughs> Buffy wants to know why she can't be a little pumpkin belly. Oh, who wants to be? I don't even want to say that phrase. Say it, Jenny. Say it. Say it. Who wants to be a little pumpkin belly? Well, nice. Bleh. So <laughs> gross. <laughs> Buffy's like, why can't I ever be a little pumpkin belly? And Willow's like, while I don't feel qualified <laughs> right, to address speak to that. that part of your question. <laughs> 
And then Dawn breaks some more shit in the magic shop. Ah! <laughs> wow. You're, I'm surprised, actually, Jenny. I didn't think your Dawn uh, disdain, your Dawn stain would mm. pick up uh, so quickly. This episode is, like, particularly egregious, or, like, the beginning of this episode is very, like, frustrating. Okay. Um, okay. Then, Joyce is laid up with a headache. She's not feeling so great. Buffy's like, let me go get your script at the hospital pharmacy. Then it's like, hi, Ben, and now I have to tell you something. Oh, boy. You and everyone who's listening, are oh you boy. prepared? I'm ready. I was recently watching the music video for the Puddle of Mud song, She Hates Me. It doesn't matter why. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's none of your goddamn business. Sorry. I'm going to let you jump off this, this uh, launch pad in a second. But I just want to let you know that as somebody who doesn't know what you've been watching lately, that my updates have been <laughs> in chronological order, eyes wide shut, a live Hell taping yeah. of bu- a live uh, performance of a Buffy episode and this music video. So I just want to say. That's right. Your taste is incredibly eclectic. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I have many facets. I am, I contain multitudes. Okay, so you're uh, watching puddle, okay. puddles of mud. Whatever. Puddle of mud with two D's, and the song is "She Hates Me." Do you know that song? Um, sing a little bit of it. It's like you're gonna know it as soon as I sing it. It's like she fucking hates me. <laughs> la 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 la. She fucking hates me. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. <laughs> Suddenly, I could see and both the, of those D's at the end of mud very exactly, clearly. Exactly. Exactly. And the band kind of looks like four dudes from American Gladiators borrowed the wardrobe of like Hinder, and uh, they just have like long flowing hair. And they make really strong eye contact with the camera. And they're mm-hmm. like, la, 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 la. <laughs> okay, so first of all, I was first shocked to learn that the girl, the one girl who fucking hates you in this music video is played by none other than Lila fucking Garrity. Minka Kelly is just Ooh. there on the bed with her stuffed animals singing into her corded phone. Wow. Okay, but that's not why we're here today talking about Puddle of Mud. I'm always here for Lila Garrity. The premise of this video is that there's a bunch of um, people in like high school and also working in like a food service, a variety of food service jobs, like the um, like a counter guy. And then there's a gentleman washing like dishes, running the dish zone in the back of a restaurant. And I'm pretty fucking sure that that young gentleman. I, I would recognize those soft, pouty lips and that feathered hair just about anywhere. I'm pretty sure it's fucking Charlie Weber who plays Ben. And h- however, however, if this is accurate, if this is accurate, the credit has been scrubbed from the Internet. Oh, so if anyone I- can <laughs> confirm or deny for me that that's Charlie Weber in the music video of She Hates Me, by Puddle of Mud. Wow. Please write in and let us know. Thank you. Incredible. I was, before you said you couldn't find it, I was like, I cannot believe that you are telling us this entire story and you didn't look up to confirm if it was Charlie, if it was him. Um, so now it all makes sense. Please let us know. Wow, Thank Jenny. You. Wow. 
What else? What's what next? a ride. What a ride. Love. I, that's all I have to say about this episode. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I have um, a jingle to play for Ben um, right out of the gates here. He he calls himself, he says, you can refer to me as man nurse, um, which could get this jingle, but I'm actually going to give the jingle for the next thing he says, which is when Buffy sort of pins this, um, you know, patient, which we will learn is the security guard from before, down to the bed. He says, "I, you know, something like, I don't mean to like... <laughs> Sexually harass you in the workplace. Sexist in the workplace. In the workplace, but- right? But you've got some serious muscles for a girl. The patriarchy. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think that what <laughs> am I just always going to be the devil's advocate? Of this podcast. You're going to devil's like- advocate the patriarchy jingle on You've Got Serious Muscles for a Girl? Uh, he is very self-aware that what he's saying uh, could be interpreted as rampantly sexist. But he has just witnessed a feat of great strength. There are like multiple people trying to hold this guy down. And yeah. Buffy like one arms it. Yeah. That's and he like, could say you've got some serious muscles. Girl. That's just like, goddamn. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. The, the thing that gave okay, it the jingle sure. was the for a girl. Not that he recognized okay. that she had super stress. I mean, that. Yes, of okay. course. Okay. Goodness gracious. I'm like, okay. sometimes I wonder, what what are we even doing here? So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, he's like, oh, it's a radioactive spider bite. And she's like, something like that, which is cute. Yeah, I like that. It's just a little more uh, comics stuff, a little more Marvel. Right. And then we get this moment with the security guard where she's like, I know this guy. Like, I just saw him and he was not talking the way that he's talking right now. And he looks at her and looks at the meds that she's holding and is like, those don't help. And then he's like, they come through the family. They're going to come after your family. They're blah, 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 blah. And she's like, fuck. I think she drops the pills, right? Yes. Okay, so Buffy's like, yo, I know what this is about. I've done five seasons of this television show, and my mom isn't <laughs> sick. She's being fucked with by a demon of some kind. She runs off, and then we get to a very important scene. There's a big metal door. There sure is. Three monks have become one, just <laughs> like in the Spice Girl song. <laughs> exactly what I thought of the minute you said it. Uh, and something yes. scary is bang, bang, banging away at that big metal door. It's true. As a matter of fact, what do you think happened between two months ago and right now? How many doors has that thing kicked down? I don't know. And that's what I was wondering because the door of the front of the place is intact. So I'm just curious. Did, did like, <laughs> did the beast fall from the sky like Angel fell from hell that one time? And was oh. she wearing the red dress already? Did she put it on mm. in the back room? Because she's obviously not come through the whole building like that. Um, So I'm not sure. But alas, the door busts down. And it's a pretty epic. I mean, this is a pretty fucking rad thing because it's obviously played for her size. Um, the, The door is monstrous and made of metal. And when it falls down, it's this huge like cloud of dust. And the silhouette that we see is miniature right it's like the literally the size of buffy um this this beast and buffy are matched uh they're they're exactly the same size (laughs) they're not matched in strength which we'll find out in a few scenes but she then like the camera focuses in and she has on a beautiful red dress lipstick that matches faith would be stoked 
on this <laughs> choice of fucking lipstick. If you have thoughts on what the shade is called, please write into us at bufferingthevampireslayer oh, yeah. at gmail.com. Um, and her hair is just glorious, I think. Wouldn't you say? Yes, I would agree. Mm-hmm. And she says, I've been looking all over for you and we cut. And we cut to the magic box where Giles is making his first sale. What? He's so excited. <laughs> yeah, he's positively giddy. Until uh, Anya trounces in, loudly proclaiming that the conjuring powder is grotesquely overpriced. Uh, yeah. And not only does Anya uh, have some complaints about the conjuring powder prices, because I'm sure that all of you listening thought... We're going to hear from Kate Leth, and we're going to hear from Kate Leth as soon as this red dress and red lipstick appear. And I thought so too, listener. However, I had to give it another beat because then Anya showed up wearing this leopard dress. And I texted Jenny. I texted (laughs) Kate about this leopard dress, and she immediately texted me back the name of this dress. I had no idea what she was talking about, and I was like, all right, all right, all right. Save it for the podcast. So can we, may we, please? Go to Kate Leth. It's time for our friend Kate to give you the Buffy fashion update. Well, hello, hello indeed, and welcome back to Buffy Fashion Watch. Um, I usually have to watch out for the planes going by in the background when I'm recording, but today you might hear some kitty purrs because... um, Ray, one of my adorable little cats, has decided to curl up right next to the microphone and absolutely refuses to leave. So um, she's a part of this as much as you and I. All right. So with that covered and as Ray uh, tries to devour my hand, let's talk about the incredible fashion in an episode where Giles wearing a wizard costume and hat is actually maybe not the standout look from the episode. I don't know. There's definitely um, some competition because not only do we have the beast, the unnamed figure of great power and fashion uh, who shows up in an incredible form fitting red dress and heels that, well, don't exactly work out for her. We've also got Anya in a leopard print Chongsam. It was very funny because Kristen texted me a screen cap of Anya's dress in the magic box, and I immediately wrote back, oh my god, is that a leopard print Chongsam? And Kristen was like, what? <laughs> uh, it's a very particular kind of dress. Uh, it's, it's Chinese. It's it's a traditional look. Um, it's also called a chi pao, and they were very big in the 90s before uh, mainstream folks, I think, had any concept of cultural appropriation. They were everywhere, and um, you you might feel a little strange if you saw them now, but at the time, real big. And honestly, the leopard print, it's really working for Anya. Now, I might be biased because I'm literally wearing two leopard print items right now, uh, both a turtleneck with puffy sleeves. Sorry that I keep laughing. This cat is licking my hand the entire time that I'm talking. Um, But also some leopard print sandals that would not be out of place in this episode. But we've also got some really great looks from Buffy. Um, You know, I'm I'm a big fan of the t-shirt with the sparkly devil on it. It does remind me of that cat sticker I talked about many, many episodes ago now. Uh, (laughs) She is still licking my hand. This is many takes later, by the way, so I'm just rolling with it at this point. But I also really, really love her look uh, from the beginning of the episode where she has that necklace that's kind of almost designed like a tie where it's got that clip in the middle and bits hanging down and then she also has that sort of gold tassely belt thing happening. There's a lot of midriff, a lot of hint of midriff happening. Also, 
another rare shout out to Xander. That, uh, you know, kind of slightly v-necked red sweater is really working for him. Like he, he looks good in this episode. He, he walked into the magic box and I thought, damn, is that Xander? All right, cool, whatever. Let's look at Anya again so I don't feel weird about it. Uh, and then we did and everything was fine. Now, I'm not ignoring Willow's adorable daisy sweater. It's very cute. I also really like that uh, lavender denim jacket with the matchy dangly earrings that she's got going on. I'm uh, I'm currently rocking kind of a short bob myself, and that, that thing where the earrings sort of hang below the, the line of the bob is just, it's so classy. I feel like Miss Fisher every time, even if I sort of just look like hot trash, but you know, it's it's a good inspiration, and Willow is Willow's definitely pulling it off. And, you know, Dawn kind of doesn't get a lot of fashion highlights in the show because she's 15, and they're dressing her like she's 15, and being 15 in the early 2000s was a nightmare where fashion was concerned. But I will say that that patchwork denim jacket that she has, uh, my friend Alain wore to a dress-as-your-high-school-self party once when I was, I think, 22, and I wanted it so much that she gave it to me, and uh, I'm pretty sure I still have it. So, you know, Dawn's getting one thing right. And with that said... I will leave you to the rest of your episode, and uh, until next time, I'll see you at the mall. That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Oh um, my goodness! So, <sighs> can you even just a Praise. casual? It was just a casual day over here. I sent Kate a text <laughs> message, and she comes back with some hot terminology. She literally was like, "Did I get too? Did I come out too hot with my fashion nerd?" And I'm like, "No, never, Kate, never. <laughs> no <laughs> such thing. No." So okay, thank you, Kate. So Anya in this dress is feeling bitter because she's never had to afford things before, which further continues to raise this question for me. What is the economy of vengeance demons like? Does the Hoffren pay them a stipend? Do they just, it's not like they can like create money, for example, or can they? Can they just I'm like. I'm sure they can. Hmm, okay, so probably so the individual this, vengeance Probably the crash of just, 2008 is because the demons made too much money, you know? Okay, okay. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I was fully, I thought we were running with the severance package being the canon of what has happened here because i literally no, yes, my yes, note- yes, yes that but what well, the, for the thousand years that she was a vengeance demon why didn't she have to afford things was it because she could create her own money or what i wonder if demons so we've talked a lot already on the podcast about you know they they have their own salon they have their own bar at willie's they've got they've got their own like heating and cooling uh, systems they've got they've got mm. a, the whole underground thing so i wonder because because you bring up i think a good point jenny which is you know, we use the dollar. Um, I was I was recently in France. I was using euros. You go, you travel to other places. There's there's internet money now. So do sure, demons? Sure. I recently bought some Bitcoin. You brought some, okay. Listen, you can't just throw that on me. <laughs> you can't Sorry. just fucking there throw. I'm I watching the puddle Bitcoin. of mud music video. What is for happening to you? Buying some Bitcoin. Somebody <laughs> save Jenny. <laughs> she's sitting in her room watching puddles of mud videos buying bitcoin oh my god puddle singular puddle <laughs> singular puddle two d's on the mud okay i'm so sorry wow i'm the whole episode is thrown because i'm only going to be thinking about the fact that you own bitcoin for the rest of today <laughs> um but i i wonder if demons have their own currency right 
Yeah. Oh, that's a really interesting question. And you or know what I like think? Barter. Or the, do they rely more heavily on barter? I right. But I do think that we know one thing, Jenny, and that's that you and I just did some serious. Hell, Okay, so Buffy's like, yo, um, remember that fucking orb? I think my mom is sick because of it. And there's this really great little comedy moment where like Anya, Giles, and Willow all take like one giant step back from the orb. <laughs> Buffy's like, no, no, it's like, it's not going to hurt us. Um, but it's making her sick. And they're like, what are you going to do about it? And she's like, I'm going to find them. I'm going to hunt them and I'm going to kill them. Which reminded me, Jenny, uh, a bit of want, take, have. I feel like she's taking a page out of that Oh, my God. Book. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that Faith is one of the great early pioneers of saying things in threes. <laughs> yeah, with all that five Stating by her five. triplicate she should, intentions. Her, her phrase should have been three by three, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So the Beast, we cut to the Beast in the warehouse, um, who is monologuing uh, about how much she hates the mortal coil. She could crap a better existence than this one. Gross. Uncalled for. She says, Jenny, that she's been told she has boundary issues, which made me laugh so hard because I was like, does she go to therapy? Like, where? who has told her that she has boundary issues? Is it a previous relationship of hers? Like, ooh, you know, question. I just want to, right? I want to know too, yeah. Yeah. The, who's she even interacting with besides these guys? I know. I mean, I guess we don't, I guess we don't know. But I guess also we find out that she does have actual physical boundary issues just moments later when she puts both of her hands inside of the head of the other security gross, guard. Gross, gross, so gross, maybe gross, perhaps gross, it was just one of these other people that she's brain sucked who said, uh, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am. Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, you seem to have some boundary issues. So she's pissed because um, this monk won't tell her where the key is. She wants that key. She wants that key and she's all sweaty about it. Ooh. <laughs> you might have just, I think you might have just uh, um, become eligible for one of our sexual tension award nominations without yeah, knowing Yeah, it's definitely it. the most anybody gets sweaty about anything in this episode. There's not yeah. a lot of sexual tension to be found. So I'll take it where we find it. Right. There's, a, there's also a moment, like a very... Um, commentary on the the worst parts about America I think where she's like the monk says something in his language and she says she replies half back in his language and then she's like this is the new world speak American which is obviously a dig Gross. on yeah on all of the people that still exist today unfortunately in the same and even more dangerous ways cool <gasps> moving along okay so in go the fingers and then <laughs> gross jenny <laughs> so and then we that is over. what she said <laughs> <laughs> she said that she is me let me live the magic box is overrun um Giles wait, is wait, in a what? wait 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 what two really big things happen in the scene before this uh before we go to the magic box one is well first of all uh, the Beast delivers a monologue in her like meltdown state that is incredible, which I personally would love to play if that's all right with you, Jenny. Go for it. I bet this is fun for you, isn't it? Say, you like to torture me. 
Why? You don't even own the damn thing. And I want it, I need it, and I've got to have it now. And you keep refusing to tell me where the key is. And it's typical. It's typical. It's typical. The whole mortal meat that comes complete with stinking bile, sweat, and protein. Yes, I said humans. Not now. Mommy's talking, wriggling, piling, prowling, crawling, clowning, cavorting, doing it over and over and over and over. So someone's going to sit down on their tub and make this birthing stop. <laughs> Okay, so two things about this monologue. Uh, One, there's a really key thing that she says, which is um, sit down. Like, she says something about, like, sitting down on your Tuffet. And this is the third time (laughs) that we have heard reference to Little Miss Muffet, right? Yes. Yes. You know, just fun. It's like the polar bear in Lost. You know, we got to keep track of it. Birds of a lipstick flock together, as I've always said. (laughs) And then the other thing is that the moment that I heard her say wriggling, piling, prowling, crawling, I asked Jenny if she might make a little something for us. And she did. And here it is. Wriggling, piling, prowling, crawling, and let's not forget cavorting. So you're all (laughs) welcome for that Uh, gift. Yeah, the theme song, we all just want to find other ways, like any excuse I have to listen to that song in any form. I'm just like, please, please, Mm. please. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Please. All right, now Um, we can get to your busy, busy magic box, Jenny. Okay. The magic box is full. There are people everywhere. People want things from Giles, and he's all stressed out about it. Then in comes Xander in a red sweater looking muscular Mm. and tall, Mm -hmm. and like he's been hitting the gym. He looks... Great. His hair is at a really good length. Wow. Really going Uh, for Xander detour, aren't we? Xander looks great in this episode and who knows how long it'll last. So why not call it out (laughs) while it's there to enjoy? (laughs) Meanwhile, Anya finishes a transaction with a customer and says, please go. (laughs) Please go. And then Xander says, hey, you know, um, why don't you try saying have a nice day. And she says, I have their money. Who cares what kind of day they have? (laughs) Ah, the sweet days before we all felt the great weight of the leaden boot of late stage capitalism upon our necks. And we could enjoy jokes like this one. Uh, Well, and Xander is like, it's a long cultural tradition of raging um, (laughs) insincerity. Insincerity. Oh, so um, then she tries, she tries to say, have a nice day. And she's like, hey, you, have a nice, have a nice day. day. <laughs> um, and Jenny, uh, something really important, I think, is about to happen. Uh, it could have happened really at any point, but this is the point in which I think we should give Anya something that you made for her. <gasps> don't you? Anya, I made something for you. I hope you like it. Here it is. <laughs> She spent one millennium demonically vengeancing, speaks her mind and then some. You know she's partial to the finer things and down with double boyfriends, oh yeah. Exchanging cash for goods and also services. She'd love to hold the money for ya. She'll hold that cash. Just keep the bunnies far from Anya. I need to call out Willow for not knowing how the fuck to gift wrap something. Yo, Willow What's is wrong the worst? with this girl. This is bad. I'm not good at wrapping things, but this is real bad. Yeah, it looks like uh it just looks like a like something she pulled out of the trash when she's done. <laughs> Her hands are like stuck inside of it when she's done. <laughs> and Anya ever Anya is like, yeah, it looks good if you wrapped it with your feet. <laughs> Which like <laughs> accurate, accurate. Uh, also, fucking Giles is losing his mind. He's like, there's so many people and I don't know what to do. And before Xander <laughs> talks to Anya, he's like, listen, man, stay British. You'll be okay. <laughs> Which is cute. Okay, so uh, then we get to the part in the episode where Anya basically is like, hey, I've got an idea. There was this sorcerer named Clotier, uh, and he was so cute in his little knickers. And he Aww. had this... Yeah, I mean, I would love more backstory on that. But um, he had this trance spell or trance that you could put yourself in to see spells. You could see, we learn that every spell leaves sort of like a signature mark um, that humans can't see. But with this spell, you can see it. So Buffy's like, cool, I'll do it because then I can figure out what's hurting my mom. Uh, And, you know, they're a little worried. They're like, really, are you sure? And she's like, I've been training for this moment. I've got it, guys. Yeah, so she goes home, 
to do the spell. And she asks Riley to help her out, but there's really nothing for him to do as he is quick to notice and inquire about. And she says, no, but there's like magic incense and spooky sand. Spooky sand is... Could use some help wrangling the spooky sand. (laughs) Yeah. And and he's like, is this to make up for me, uh, you know, being all weak and kidney? He says kittenish. She corrects him. No, no. He says kitteny and she corrects him to kittenish. Oh, it's kittenish. I thought it was kitteny. I think you're wrong, actually. You want to put $5 down? Make it interesting? Five bucks down. Five bucks says, Buffy says kitteny. And Riley says, ah, kitteny, much manlier than kittenish. Getting nervous over there, aren't you, Jenny? Quaking in your boots, aren't you, Jenny? I'm done quaking because I've discovered that you're right. (laughs) Five dollars for me. Okay. Yeah, I'll Venmo you. <laughs> you better. I'm going to take a screen cap and prove it to everybody that you did it. Ha! Okay. So, um, you know, Riley makes a good point, And, you know, I say that very rarely on this podcast. But he is like, listen, how about instead of you taking care of me, we agree to take care of each other. And Wow. And- what an asshole. What a terrible boyfriend. And Who but you don't such have a to thing? Be, you know, the more time goes by, the more and more you become just like Riley, Jenny. <laughs> Tall and broad-shouldered and butterscotchy and hunky. Listen, I'm just trying to say that I think that this is a good point, and I think Buffy thinks yeah. it's a good point, too. Like, she really is like, oh, yeah, yeah solid point, I man. I mean, yeah, so much of her life is, even though she's got, like, her squad, so much of her life is about being, like, the leader and the weight of the w- literal world being on her shoulders. So it's, like, really hard, I think, for her to get out of that mode, which makes it, you know, I think... That's a big challenge for her and for her partners in totally. her partnering. Yeah. So I, I think that this was a good moment for them um, on the on sort of the heels of a rough episode so far for them. But then I'm sorry to, to just like give everybody whiplash because then we just come to a screeching halt when she's like, can you kiss me a little bit better? And then he tries to or does. And it's I wish that they didn't kiss all the time on it's camera. It's rough. It's real rough. Well, it's You know, do you think it's extra hard because they're there are I think more than a foot different in height? I think she's 5'2 and he's like 6'3 or something. Listen, I'm sure it's a little more difficult, but I'm just saying that they should have figured it out by now. Um Oh sorry, he's 6'2. They're exactly 1 foot apart. I in height. think I really think that there are people in this world who are 1 foot a difference who can kiss more passionately than this hunk of cardboard kisses her. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 So Buffy makes a really horrible circle out of red sand. It's almost a square. It's <laughs> she so bad. She really did need help wrangling the she spooky did. sand. Yeah. <laughs> Dawn wants to watch, and Buffy's a jerk about it. She's like, fuck off, Dawn. Uh, then we get a little Santa Barbara B-roll. Hey. You and love hours Santa go Barbara by. B-roll. The sun goes down. The sun sets over Santa Barbara. I mean, Sunnydale. <laughs> and then Buffy is tripping. Yeah, she's she's tripping hard. There's like wind Not chimes. Not that I know anything background. about tripping. I just assume this is kind of what it's like. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, Jenny, have have you, I know that you and I both have done mushrooms, but have you ever done LSD? Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a family podcast. Well, like I mean, everybody has mushrooms like with their chicken and, you know, oh, in right. their yes, soup. Yes, I like shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. And but I was just wondering if you would ever like used any stamps on your, on your mail. No, no, I've, I've never done acid. Have you? <laughs> no. No, I've not. I've not. I've done a lot of mushrooms um, and never acid. Because I, I, I think at heart, you and I are both 
uh, hippies, um, which is why I chose to do mushrooms and, and not acid. I was like, these come from the earth. They, they have to be safer. <laughs> I was just like, these are available. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so where are we? She's tripping. She's tripping. And I have a question, and it actually is related to tripping, which is if you send your friend off with a bag of mushrooms or a bag of magical mushroom trippy sand supplies – wouldn't okay. you at least go with her? Like somebody should have been in the house with her. Like Willow is in the basement or somebody is yeah, somewhere. Well, I, think, I think the deal is that uh, the magic box is so bananas that uh, they, they couldn't. Can't. Nobody could get away. Where's Tara? Where is Tara? Um, but yeah, I just I find it like I was nervous for Buffy because it's very apparent that she really is tripping pretty hard. And then she's just alone, like walking around in her house tripping, which cannot be good, cannot be fun. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, I can say from someone else's experience that this is not your ideal scenario. <laughs> right. So she runs into Joyce down at the foot of the stairs and there's nothing. And that's what Buffy says. Joyce is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But <laughs> yeah. what we're learning is, of course, that there is no spell around Joyce. Now, this is really fucking cool. I don't know how you feel about this reveal, but like when she... So I she, think it's awesome. It's amazing, right? She looks up at the picture of Dawn, Joyce, and herself, and the, the image of Dawn is just fading in and fading out of the picture. Yeah. It's like bone chillingly fucking cool. And if you watch yeah. this in like real time and this is the moment when you're like putting it all together, I just like felt my stomach flip. And this is like the eighth time I've watched this episode at this point. Yeah, it's definitely unsettling. Yeah. And we, um, we've we talked so much about like how well they do dream sequences. And I think that this goes in that bucket of like, this isn't technically a dream, but it's like mm -hmm. a dream adjacent. Um, and we see it in the pictures that she picks up. She goes into Dawn's room. Dude, dude, she goes into Dawn's room and you see all of like Dawn's like preteen or it's early teen girl accoutrement everywhere and then it's like fading in between that and sort of like a storage it just looks like they have a room in the house where they put everything that like they don't know what to do with and you know like paintings that aren't on the wall and just stuff that's being stored clearly illustrating that faith could have totally lived in that room it's not like <laughs> the monks created that room faith could have lived there and been okay wow Another reason I'm mad at Don. That wait, wait, Don had nothing to do with that. Ah, well, <laughs> you should be she mad made at me Joyce certain. and Buffy she and everybody else. Right. So, okay, good point, solid point. Because I think in the beginning, even you and I, Jenny, thought maybe when the monks created the Don, that they also created the extra room in the Summers house. But you're right. This proves that they did not. That room was always there. Yeah. Uh, and Dawn is like, who said you could come into my room? And Buffy is like, you're not my sister. And so and we see Dawn, actual Dawn fading in and out of existence. Also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's like, you stay away from my mother. She slams her into the door. And like, at uh. this, it's really rough, but it's I think it's especially rough because they if you watch this episode in real time, they really they put a couple of like breadcrumbs down to make you think that Dawn knows that she is something else. Right. We saw her writing that yeah. diary entry like a couple episodes ago. Um, and then they they designed her lines and her actions to kind of allow you as the viewer to believe that she's in on this. But when 
you watch it again and you know she's not, it's like mega fucked up to know that she has no idea what's happening and her older sister is just yeah. like gotten violent with her and is saying like really horrible things to her. Yeah, it's bad. Then the phone rings and it's Giles and he's like, the glow orb is a Dagon sphere and it's used to ward off ancient primordial evil, that which cannot be named. And she's about, Buffy's about to tell Giles what happened, but then Dawn is over her shoulder like a freaking horror movie. And a problem that I have yeah. is that Dawn acts like a total fucking yeah. twin out of The Shining for the rest of the episode. And there's no reason for it i agree like the I, way that she talks to joyce in a little while blah, blah, blah. i agree i think that they could have because obviously this is what i was just saying right that like this is done intentionally but i think that they could have had the viewer believe it without being so heavy-handed about it because it isn't believable um once you know that she didn't know it's like when she walks in with the fucking teacup like it's like come on right it's very i think it's a little over the top um so i get what they were trying to do but i agree with you i think it's there's not really a rhyme or reason of how she acts for the balance of this episode until we get to the end. Yeah. So Spike. <laughs> so this is a fucking one of the <laughs> biggest fucking moments in Buffy history. Uh, Spike is, so the last time we saw Spike, he was having a sex dream about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And <laughs> I'm sure that you, if you were watching this in real time, are like, where the fuck like, because that's how you ended it. And so we've gone all this way in this episode. We haven't seen Spike. And it's like, come on. And then there Where he is. Spike. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And he fucking. So Buffy is like, Spike. And he says he turns around and he has a cigarette in his mouth. And we've seen Spike a million times fucking puffing on his cigarette, talking Spike talk. He takes a cigarette out of his mouth. He puts it out. And he's like, hi, Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> which is <laughs> sir incredible he has lost all of his cool lost all of it it is just Gone. drained Gone. out of his body um she's like yo tell me why you're fucking here in my fucking yard you've got five words or less and he uses those words uh, he uses he fills his quota in the following manner out for a walk bitch do you remember when we were at the Vampire Ball uh, last year in I, London? I do. And we were during like the parts of the day where we would like hang out at a table and people would like bring stuff over for us to sign. How many people who had just been to James Marster's table who had James Wright out for a walk, bitch, on their <laughs> James Marster photo? Like... So many. So many. He's a man who truly knows his audience. That scene where Spike is in his uh, crypt sort of posing for the camera uh, in the black and white. <laughs> like, James really also embodies that. He knows he knows how to work a room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Buffy is very frustrated. And so we're not up to the sexual tension awards yet. But Jenny and I had like a bit of a debate about some of our contenders for the nominations. And I said, don't worry, Jenny, I will prove to you that there is sexual tension in this scene and it isn't even because I think it's already there by the fact that he put his cigarette out and said hi Buffy like a tiny little puppy dog but I also think that it's there because after he says out for a walk bitch she says no one has time for this William William she, okay 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 she calls him she calls him fucking William Jenny so I I missed it and you're right uh I rest okay. my case Thank you. We'll get to the uh, full award ceremony in a little bit, but that's my, that's sure, my sure, case sure. for this part. He's he's like also 
She's like, why are you in my yard, though? And he's like, your your house is between p- parts and other parts of this town. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Meanwhile, I you know Spike woke up from that dream and he was like, okay, I need a plan of action. Now, previous suitors of Buffy, <laughs> what have they done? Ah, yes, they've stood outside of her house looking up at her window. <laughs> Yeah, let me do that. And instead of charcoal, I'll make cigarette ash. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He's just like got the angel playbook in his back pocket. Oh, God. And then, you know, right before he leaves, he's like, you need some satisfaction besides shagging Captain Cardboard there with you, Spike. And then he just totally comes Disc, he becomes completely discombobulated. He's like, and I yeah, never really liked you anyway. And you have stupid hair. <laughs> When we know from last episode uh-huh. that he thinks she has shampoo commercial hair. That's true. Getting your stories mixed, buddy. You're getting your stories mixed. And then mm-hmm. Buffy sees that, of course, he was not just smoking that one cigarette. There was a whole pile there of There like 7,000 cigarette butts on the ground. Yeah. He's just been like staring, watching Buffy trip fucking face from outside. Ha! <laughs> Uh, also, something that I never noticed before, which I'm sure all of you did, I just somehow didn't, is that as she leaves, Dawn's creepy fucking head is up in the screen window upstairs. Oh, my God. I missed that. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's really funny, actually. Okay, so Buffy goes to the warehouse. She sees the hole in the wall. Joyce comes home. We talked about how Dawn is being fucking weird with her cup of tea. She's like, I made this for you, mother. Uh, <laughs> Why so creepy? But then... We go to the warehouse for real. Buffy's in and she sees the monk who's tied to the chair. And she's like, you planted the Dagon Sphere. I know you did that for me. And the beast is behind Buffy doing a dance. And if you are familiar with gifts of Buffy, this is an <laughs> infamous gif uh, of her in her little red dress with her perfect hair bouncing back and forth from one foot to the other. But Buffy knows she's there. Yes. But it's not good enough. It doesn't really do her a whole lot of good to know that the beast is there because uh, the beast just kind of tosses her across the room, right? Or no, the beast punches her across the room. Yeah, well, she well, I mean, she does all of those things, but for the first thing that she does is she fucking punches her and she flies across the room. She she cracks the wall. It's very bad. Um, and we know immediately, like this is we've never seen. Ah, maybe we have, but very rarely do we see Buffy sort of fly through the air like she does after she's hit. Yeah. Um, So this is serious. Um, Anya, back at the magic box, gets offered a job. She's got loads of input about how uh, Giles needs to move forward with his business. And And it's all good input. Dear Lord, if I offer you a job, will you please stop talking to me right now? (laughs) And she's so proud. Okay, boss. She's like, okay, boss. <laughs> I love it. So meanwhile, the fight between Buffy and this unnameable beast is uh, continuing. And it's really quite a cool fight to watch because they are exactly the same size. And they also have, it seems, the exact same capacity for quipping, um, which <laughs> we also don't get very often. We'll get that with like a, with a Spike and Buffy fight. Like, we get that. Right. They're like fighting. They're kind of equally matched. They're not the same size, but like almost. And they (laughs) they both quip. You know, they're both being funny. And we get that here. Um, She's like, you hit me. Um, And she like 
punches so just like a full piece of cement off of the wall with like one tiny blonde fist. Uh, oh <laughs> throws Buffy across the room. And then Buffy takes the monk and jumps through the window, reminiscent of uh, when Faith and Buffy th- flew through the window together. Oh, happier times. Yes. And the beast would have probably easily caught them and captured them, but she broke a heel. Yo, those heels are tough to watch. There's like a close-up earlier in the episode when she's pacing in front of the camera and it's like at floor level and like watching her feet like kind of like shake a little Wobble. bit. Wobble, yeah. On those heels is very stressful. Yeah. Uh, but she breaks her heel, she stops, she stomps. And basically her stomp brings the whole building down. Yeah, she breaks her heel and then her heel breaks the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. So then we get probably the most important information that we've gotten this season outside between the monk and Buffy. Yes, the monk is like, you must protect the key. Many will die if you don't keep it safe. The key is energy. It's a portal. It opens the door. Buffy's like, the Dagon Sphere? And he's like, no, 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 no. It's a whole other thing. Uh, we kept it safe, but then the Abomination found us. We turned it into a human and sent it to you. And yeah. Buffy's like, Dawn. Yeah. And she's like, what about my memories? And he's like, we built them. And she's like, this is like, this is really traumatic. Mass- this is traumatic. It's it's like, it's like massive trauma. Um, and it's also like a massive uh, reflection of Buffy um, and what we often, I think, forget about Buffy's power and strength. Um, because it's this monk is telling her that he has, he and his other monks have entirely violated not only her home, but her body. Um, They've put this um, human that when we learn, and that's important too, that that Dawn is human and helpless and has no idea. She's been also, I guess you could, I mean, she's also been violated in the sense that she's been created and also has been um, given fake memories. Joyce's memories have been forced. Giles, every, literally everyone, um, anyhow tied to this family has had their memories altered um to accept dawn and um and she on the sorry to use heels again since we just got real healy in the last conversation (laughs) but on the heels of this conversation where she has quite literally just learned about this violation this trauma this like who there's not even a word for it that's how big it is yeah she goes home and she accepts dawn at, like she gives the love to Dawn that basically the monk has told her like you you she's innocent and and Buffy holds on to that like that's what she like closes in her palm and holds on to when she goes back for this final scene which is like chilling like it it really when I was watching it and I and I think I'm sure it's chilling for all of us to to see some of the ways that Buffy shows her strength and we all I think you know use Buffy's strength as a metaphor for a lot of things and to reflect on our own abilities well, we're mm-hmm. so deep, you and I, Jenny, in this experience. You know, you're writing a fucking song from her perspective every other week. We talk about this show constantly. We're watching the episodes many, many times. And so I think being that deep and like really watching her do this in this last scene just shook me in a very powerful way of like really thinking about what she's doing in this moment. <sighs> yeah, it is like such a massive metabolization. Yeah. Uh, that she 
is able to execute. But I think like probably some of it has to do with her, you know, just like being ready to have the weight of the world on her shoulders. And some of it has to do with like she still has like 13 years of memories, yeah. 14 years of memories. Yeah. Even if they're not real, they're still there. Yeah, you know, that's true. And they and they give a nod to that in this final scene. So after the monk, the monk dies, we should say R.I.P. Monk. Uh, R.I.P. Monk. <laughs> yeah. And Buffy goes home and goes up to John, who's like, you hurt my arm, butthole. <laughs> Uh, I have this theory. The theory is that, like, I'm mom's real daughter, which is quite ironic. And you were adopted <laughs> from, like, a bunch of baby howler monkeys. And Buffy says um, she's sorry. And Dawn's, like, not accepting it. And she's like, you can't even accept an apology. You always do that ever since. And it's the first time that she accesses a memory and realizes it's a fake memory, which is really powerful. And Sarah Michelle Gellar, I mean, do we even need to say how incredible nah. she is like it's so good what a thing to play right like it's so nuanced and small and it's so believable you see it flash across her fucking eyes um and it's just really incredible and you know they have this like cute sisterly banter um about where- the bad day club and don's the president and buffy's like can i be the vice president and don's like no you're the janitor yeah and then she I actually don't know if buffy says can i be the vice president or some other office but is relegated to the janitor <laughs> yeah position. she she's like sort of um playing with don's hair which is just a really big gesture of love like whether it's sisterly love or not it's just like this is a very tender caring action um and dawn looks at her as the last thing that we see in this scene and she says what's wrong with mom and buffy says i don't know which is also like right we're we spend the episode sort of like oh god what's they're gonna we're gonna see the spell and oh my god don's the key and like da 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 that you could almost forget that the reason that they did this spell was to see what was harming joyce but now that that it's revealed that like nothing is harming joyce what does that mean what is going on with joyce Mm -hmm. are the headaches Mm -hmm. uh, a result of the the memories that are being forced on her like they don't know and that's also super scary so buffy's come home with like all of this and is holding it like it's just like i feel like the image of the end of this episode is like buffy sort of like wrapping up the whole summer's home in her arms and just like holding it you know um which is really moving and powerful you're telling me you know what can lift the mood jenny from this uh tender loving sad strength moment is sex what else Well, it's that magical time in the episode where we nominate some people for sexual attention uh, and uh, the award that goes along with it. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. That was last week's joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, Jenny, we've got four. We got four sets for them. This was a hard one. I just want to say that Jenny and I both really struggled with getting you good nominees there was not a lot yeah. of like overt sexual tension no that's not what this episode is about but we found it where we could and here are your nominees in the first slot one pairing that you could vote for if you want to is spike and buffy because buffy's yeah. calling him william and he's smoking a lot of cigarettes outside her house i think i'm gonna put buffy and william as the actual contender ah, okay beautiful <laughs> okay uh next up 
while we're talking about Buffy, why don't we talk about Buffy and Ben? Because he's all in his like scrubs and she's all like, I'm very, very, very strong. And he's all like, I'm alarmed by that. But I'm alarmed and a little aroused. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes alarm can develop into something else over time. So Ben and Buffy is in slot two. In slot three, we've got, are you ready? The most that anybody sweat in this or perhaps any episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's the beast and the key. The beast wants the key. Yes. And I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to correct you. Angel sweat more than anyone will ever sweat in this entire <laughs> series combined uh, during you're right, you're right. the... Yes, you know what I'm... You all know what I'm talking about. When Angel's, he fell naked from the sky. When he... Oh, yeah. But also when he was so sick because Faith shot him with an arrow. Oh, like yeah. Okay. Never mind. Collective Angel amounts has- of sweat are massive from Angel, so... The Sweatual Tension Award uh, definitely was <laughs> awarded to Angel. Um, and then <laughs> in the fourth slot, wow, uh, I just uh, want her here, there, and everywhere. It's Anya and Money. Because oh, we're probably, starting to see. Probably, no spoilers, but probably not the last time that Anya and Money will be a contender. Yeah, seems, seems likely we might... Uh, see more of that pairing so if you'd like to be part of our beautiful democracy please find the sexual attention award for this episode on our twitter at buffering cast and cast your vote oh god Ooh, cast and cast you say that's right i said it yeah the poll stays up for seven days and we recommend that you vote today if this is the day that it goes live because sometimes some of you email me and you're like I can't find the poll and I'm like well you just have to dig back you have to scroll back through all of the gifts and all of the tweets and you have to find it <laughs> uh, so if today is Wednesday go now uh, and cast your vote at buffering cast Great, 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 great. Jenny, I believe that we have done yet another glorious episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Truly, we have. It's over. There's just one thing left for us to do, which is to say who we are and where to find us. Who are you? Therefore, (gasps) thank you for asking. I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching Buffy and making this podcast, I am usually uh, making another podcast, a newer podcast called Veronica Mars Investigations with my buddy Helen Zaltzman. So you can listen to us talk about a different petite protagonist who uh, who is fair of hair and keen of mind over on that pod. (laughs) And the thing I do the most, the thing I do more than anything else is make hot, 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 hot jams. And I will tell you what, I have five of them in a body known as an EP coming out this very Friday. Friday, November 15th, my EP, Night Shift, will be out on all digital platforms and available on vinyl and CD. And you can find it uh, via my website, JennyOwenYoungs.com. You can find it by searching my name on your digital platform of choice. Uh, Please listen to some jams if you want to cool that's me okay oh also you can give me a shout on twitter at jenny owen youngs anytime any old time i'm there it's so exciting it's like the monks took the key energy and turned it into a, a human named don and you took all your music energy and you turned it into an ep named night called shift. night shift yeah that's right yeah i <laughs> When I'm not um, using Buffy to make metaphors for Jenny's music, uh, I am doing a lot of different things. Namely, um, I have a podcast that is 
short, a short run. It's the My So-Called Life podcast called The Boiler Room. I'm doing it with Joanna Robinson, and we are 10 episodes into our 19-episode run, so we have passed the halfway mark. We're having so much fun. Uh, Joanna got the chance to talk to Devin Odessa, who plays Sharon. We have a couple of other very fun interviews coming up. It has been a great time. It's one of my favorite shows, and if you've never seen it, you should. And also, uh, as you probably know already, I do a lot of work with the LGBTQ community. Um, I've been setting up Skype sessions with middle school and high school GSAs as a new initiative where I'm raising funds to offset the costs for them. So I get to offer them for free. It's been really fun. And you can find out all about that uh, and more on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. You did not say your name at the top of that. Uh, and it while you were talking, I was like thinking about that and how I might let you know at the end of it. And then all I could think of was, what if every time you said your name at the end of the episode, you were like, my name is Kristen. <laughs> just a thought, just something to think about for the future. Cool. Wow. Buffering the Vampire Slayers on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Buffering Cast. You can drop us an email at Buffering the Vampire Slayer at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our Cleveland phone number 21630-BUFFY. It's true. And you can support us in many, 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 many ways. Namely, go to our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. If you click on Patreon, you can join our Patreon family. We have so many things happening over there. We're just a little over a month away from doing a very fun Buffy watch on December 21st, which is going to be super fun. Our prom tickets are also on sale for the public as of today. But if you were a patron, you would have had advance ticketing. You would have been able to scoop up some of those VIP bundles. We give the songs to everybody in advance. What else do we do? So much. I do a comic book club. Jenny does concerts sometimes. We have a mailbag oh episode headed your way very soon. So it's Let's a fun hop place in to, over there. In yeah, Patreon. it's a fun place to support us and to join the family uh, of Buffering. You can also uh, go to our store and buy some of our sweet, sweet merchandise. Uh, Tis the season, whatever that means. BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on shop. There's tons of stuff over there. It's very fun. And last but certainly not least, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's so helpful. The more reviews we have, especially if they're good, the better that it is for people to find us and to know that we rule. Hell. Yeah. Until next time. Uh, uh, woo! Rock! <laughs> What's up right now? Did I trip somehow? Don't bet on me today. Think my brain's half shot. What's real? What's not? It's like talk split my sense away. There was Giles in a wizard cloak and a great big pointy hat. I didn't think when I woke up today that I'd see that. My mom, she's no fool, tough and pretty cool. But lately her head's been like one big landmine. And frankly, it bites cause Dawn's got her spotlight I wish I had someone in whom 
to confide about my sister fading in and out like a light bulb going bad i didn't think when i woke up today that i'd see that be out of my death cause you punched me straight across the room like a scarecrow made of rats i didn't think when i woke up today that i'd see that didn't think when i woke up today that i'd see that and i guess dawn is the key but that's not all she is to me. Hey, you beautiful scoobs. This is Laura Zach from Angel on Top. And I'm Brittany Ashley, also from Angel on Top. For the last year or so, it has been our great honor to host a sister podcast to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, in which we rewatch every episode of the Buffy spinoff Angel in tandem with the equivalent Buffy episodes. If you've not yet taken the journey from Sunnydale to Los Angeles to brood with us, and even if you've never watched an episode of Angel in your life, we're here to tell you that season two is a magnificent time to join our family. The second season of Angel is jam-packed with objectively good television. And you can expect more of your favorites like Cordelia coming into her own powers, Wesley battling inner and outer demons, Angel walking his cluttered path to redemption, cameos from Buffy regulars like Faith, Spike, and Willow, and more Darla, Darla, Darla. Plus, you'll get to know new characters who are some of the best in the entire Whedonverse, like Charles Gunn, defender of downtown LA's Most Vulnerable, and Lorne, the emotionally intelligent demon who runs a karaoke bar. Our Angel on Top community is growing every day, and we'd love for you to join us for queer feminist analysis, new jingles, and every episode, a new poem from Angel's point of view. You can find Angel on Top on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Until then, see you at the next crossover. Ooh. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.